What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime on this Sunday night. Primetime brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. Big show tonight, by the way, because we are set to talk about the first Cowboys preseason game of the year. And we learned a lot. We learned a lot. So tonight we will talk some winners. We will talk some losers. We'll also dive into some of the position groups and or players that we didn't really learn much about. We'll talk about the penalties. Uh, make no mistake about it. You know that we're going to talk about Isaac Alarcón. You just know. You, you better know that's coming. Uh, do me a favor. Hit the like button and share the stream. Without any further ado, then, uh, let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. Uh, the Cowboys lost the game. I'm sure that you guys know that. Uh, and I am also quite sure many of you don't care about the scoreboard. And props to you because it is just a preseason game. What it's all about is about evaluating players, how they fare in the playing field. And we said that before the show, so it's not like we're trying to feel ourselves, uh, feel better about ourselves because the Cowboys lost, Right. It's just how things are in the NFL. In preseason, you're looking at rookies. You're looking at young veteran players who are on the on the roster bubble. So that is what we will do tonight on the show. Heard the Cowboys, this toxic Tom, even got flagged during the post-game presser. How about the Cowboys, man, racking up 17 penalties for 129 yards? And that's with two flags that were declined, by the way, by the Denver Broncos. We'll dive into those as well. Uh, maybe we can discuss them right now, actually. Those flags were significant, I believe. So I am not going to hit the panic button on the flags yet. It's disappointing, though, because even if you are sending this message of it's just the preseason, it doesn't matter, two of those flags were for offensive tackle Josh Ball, who is, you know, quote-unquote competing to be the swing tackle. We don't know how much that changed with his poor performance last night. Maybe a little bit of an, a spoiler alert there when we get into the losers. Two of those flags were against Josh Ball. Two of them were against Tyler Smith. Eh, we'll talk about whether or not those were, you know, called for. One of them was for Jalen Tolbert. So, it's definitely fair to be a little bit frustrated about the penalties, specifically after an offseason in which the Cowboys coaching staff has made it a point of emphasis to reduce the penalties. You had actual NFL crews in the spring. However, I'm not pressing the panic button, even though it was a little bit frustrating to watch last night. Now, the officiating crew, of course, obviously has something to do as well. This was a crew that finished with the third most calls in the 2021 season. But yeah, I, I don't, I mean, I don't feel great about it, but I'm not panicking about it either. And I don't believe Cowboys Nation should either. But now let's get into, let's get into the winners. Let me know in the comments, ladies and gentlemen of ADC Sports Primetime, who was your biggest winner of game number one? Who is the guy who rose his stock? in the game versus the Denver Broncos? Let me know in the comments. And while you give me your answers, and before I give you my answers, 
Let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because the ride of the week is the new M5 Miata Ground Touring. Let me talk to you about this beauty of a car that has a two-liter Skyactiv G four-cylinder engine, takes care of you with a lane departure warning assist, automatic climate control, black leather interior. It really is beautiful, and you need to check it out on FreemanMazda.net because what I, whatever I tell you about this car maybe doesn't do it justice. So make sure you check it out on FreemanMazda.net. Uh, High-end sports car performance, and in the miles per gallon category, he's at 26 for the city, goes up to 35 in the highway. So make sure you check this one out, the M5 Miata Ground Touring. Check it out on FreemanMazda.net. Let's see some of your answers here on who was the biggest winner of the Cowboys game. Let's see. Tweeter Smith says, Deron Bland looked good. How about the late round rookie for the Dallas Cowboys? I agree. He is one of the biggest winners. Craig says, nobody. Come on, Craig. We need to be, come on. We need to be unbiased both ways. So we're not going to say that everything's fine. But, you know, because that would be, you know, that would be dumb saying that, oh, yeah, the Cowboys looked great. Everyone was a winner last night versus the Broncos. You know, that's. That's being extremely biased towards one end of things. But straight up saying that nobody won last night is the exact opposite. Come on. Deron Blant uh, for Gregory as well. Danny says Basham. What did Isaac do says Danny Savage? Oh, we'll get into Isaac. You, got, you guys know that we will get there. Uh, Jeremy says Tyler Smith, Deron Blant, Charlene Evans, and Terrell Basham. Basham had himself a good game. And after a relatively quiet training camp that makes things interesting at defensive end honestly guru says that cj goodwin play he played three special teams snaps and i was surprised at that i don't know if that means good things or bad things for cj goodwin i don't know if the cowboys were just taking care of him or if that is just his place on the team right now but yeah, didn't learn much from CJ Goodwin. Good question from Guru there. Uh, let's see. Tyler Smith, Deron Bland, Isaac Cake Alarcon. I like that. I like that, uh, you know, that that nickname. Quinton Vohana was good, says Michael Beers. What's up, Lumen? Thank you for joining the show. Chalk says, Cooper Rush, not a winner. <laughs> and I believe we all agree with this one. All right. So let's talk about some of these winners. I'll talk about some. Uh, I agree. Deron Bland is probably my biggest winner. I need to go with the with the rookie cornerback. This guy, when he was drafted, we we knew why he was drafted. It was kind of kind of like the Nashawn Wright pick a year before him, right? Because he has these Dan Queen traits. He has the size. He has the length. We all knew about that. But what I was really impressed about on this game was just pretty much his reaction skills. This guy was out there sniffing some of the plays. There was a screen pass early in the game in which he, you know, the, the receiver drops the ball anyways, but the Rumbland is there to make the hit. Even if even if, if that Broncos player makes the catch, Bland would have leveled him because he was there pretty quick. And there was this other play. This one happened later, early in the second quarter. This was a run play in which the running back kind of cut back towards Deron Bland. And Bland 
rids himself of his blocker and makes the open field tackle solo while diving for his guy. Bland's change of direction was perhaps the biggest thing that surprised me from his performance last night. And that was pretty apparent when watching the replay this morning. So yeah, Deron Bland, definitely a guy that raised a lot of eyebrows. And he also shined in coverage. And, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit of a spoiler alert here. But when we get to Kelvin Joseph, when we get to Nashawn Wright, we'll see why Deron Bland's game could turn out to be very important. Because Bland not only is solidifying his pot within the 53-man roster, we've, we've known for a while that he's been having a strong camp, but he's climbing up that rotation, man, with, with, with the way that he's playing. He might, he might make his way up in this depth chart, and we, we might be seeing a lot of Deron Bland on defense this season. So something to definitely keep an eye on. He had perhaps the biggest game from from the Cowboys players last night. I think he was the biggest winner there. Uh, let's see. Shane Carter says Malik Davis, big time winner. Craig also says Davis, a very good running back and looked good last night. Yeah, man, uh, the running backs as a whole, I believe, were winners because he, he definitely did look well uh, out there. Malik Davis did. I agree. Shout out to Shane Carter, by the way, ADC Sports writer. He had this article out uh, on the site on his stock up, stock down players in case you want to check it out as well. Let's see. Joey Bella says, hell yeah, Davis looked good. People like what Malik Davis did last night. And I did too. Now, Rico Dowdle as well, a uh, spoiler alert once more, but since we're talking running backs, I also liked what Rico Dowdle did out there. And, and, and I would still have him as the third running back on the team. But anyways, more winners. I got to tell you, I got to tell you, and I wrote about this on, on ADCSports.com in case you want to go check it out. I posted this last night. But I am pretty damn happy about Tyler Smith's game one. I'm not going to tell you that it was a perfect performance for the first round rookie because he certainly missed some blocks. He certainly had some miscommunication issues, specifically in that Cooper Rush interception. Either Biadish or Smith did some wrong there because there was they were sliding towards the right and the A-gap is completely uncovered. Now, it's difficult to know whose fault it was if you don't know the exact pass protection scheme that they were playing under. But Tyler Smith probably shares the blame there with Tyler Biotis. But, you know, what I liked about Tyler Smith, we saw him get to the second level efficiently, quickly, generating movement at the point of contact. I like that. Anchor, the anchor game for Tyler Smith. Looking at my notes here, this guy will not be bull rushed. He will not be bull rushed. Every single time that a Broncos player tried to do so last night, Tyler Smith held his own. And I don't remember, you know, looking at uh, scouting reports or anything like that, that that pointed this out. So I love this for Tyler Smith because it's not only about power. It's not only about hand strength. That Tyler Smith showed off 
his hand strength last night, by the way. That was impressive. He generates movement. I'm excited about his game. But it was also kind of technique when it came when it came to the bull rush department specifically. When he was bull rushed, the opposing player failed. So Tyler Smith's game is something that I like. Now, there were two holding penalties thrown his way. And the second one, I will be fair. You know what? I think that was, you know, uh, I think that warranted a holding flag. It was a run game. They were running behind him. And there is a little bit of a jersey pull. And Tyler Smith's hands are outside. One, uh, his right hand is on the shoulder of the opposing defender. So that that flag was fair. But the first one, man, the first one was BS. Look, Go look at that play. The play in which Tyler Smith gets called for the first offensive holding. Dude, the linebacker for the Broncos is stumbling his way onto the line of scrimmage. Like literally, because there's some motion involved in the play. And he is kind of crashing down towards the line. But he is already stumbling before he gets there. And Tyler Smith just takes him to the ground because he goes to the ground with him. That's not a holding penalty. That 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 was that was BS from the refs, in my opinion. But I like Tyler Smith's game, honestly. Uh, I know it was not perfect, but I, I believe it's pretty much what we're in for in his rookie season. He still needs to he still needs to you know perfect a lot of things. But this is a guy that will win with his traits, like like we talked last week. We're seeing him win with hand strength. We're seeing him win with explosiveness, quickness, and nastiness. If his technique isn't perfect, so be it. That is something that he will likely develop over time. But I am very excited about Tyler Smith now. I really am. We've heard good stuff from training camp and his game last night. Pretty damn solid. Wasn't perfect. I will not say that. I will definitely not say that. Now, you know... That clip that went viral on social media last night, the one that in pass pro, he finishes the block, takes his guy to the ground, kind of a pancake block. Tyler Smith, Tyler Smith doing some good stuff out there. A lot of people wanted to hate on him because of the holdings or because he missed some blocks here and there. But hey, it was a good game. It was a good game. Unless you were talking, you, you were hoping for him to 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 be a, a sack Martin 2.0, then I believe you will agree with this one. All right. Let's see some of your comments here regarding Tyler Smith. Iceberg Slim says Tyler Smith pancaked the guy they called holding terrible call. Yeah, man, he pancaked him. And, and to be fair, like I said, he was already stumbling before he got to the line of scrimmage, before there was even contact between the two of them. So it looks like, it, it, it might have looked like Tyler grabs him and then just throws him down and maybe that's why they called that but if you go re-watch that play you will see what I am talking about the linebacker is already on his way to the ground before he even makes contact with Tyler uh let's see Craig says he tackled the guy on the first one not true man not true go check it out go check it out that's that's what I saw at least uh, one of those flags Tyler Smith got was him taking the rusher to the ground, says Bruce. And, and I believe it's the one that we're talking about here. But that was actually the one that I thought was a terrible call. 
The second one was fair once more. I, I will say that. And, and that was not the one in which he takes him to the ground. That is the one in which there's a jersey pull and his hand is on the out is on the on the outside. So that's going to get a flag most of the time. But yeah, I, I liked his game. I really liked his game. Let's see. Danny says there were a lot of questionable calls, however. That doesn't defend the lack of ambition for the offense. Let's see. Russell says we need to sign a backup tackle because ball look awful and Tyler needs to stay at guard. Yeah, and I, I actually think before we get into the losers here, some other winners from me uh, in last night's game. Marquise Bell, we got a glimpse as to what the Cowboys want to do with him. We saw him at the line of scrimmage. Lined up across tight ends in coverage, man-to-man -man coverage. We saw him crash the line of scrimmage. We saw him close in on opposing players. We saw what Marquise Bell is for this Cowboys defense. And it does seem like he's on his way to make the 53-man roster. I am excited about Marquise Bell. We got to see a little bit of that speed, a little bit of that athleticism. And I loved his game. And I believe someone, uh, it was Shane, Love seeing the Cowboys use Marquise Bell in multiple spots, playing deep in the box and rushing off the edges. And, and, and Dan Queen talked about this in training camp. He said he does see Marquise Bell playing two spots for the Cowboys defense. And, Mar and some something that Dan Queen mentioned he wanted to see from Bell was how he hits. And I think he got that check mark in last night's game. How about Quinton Vohana? I think that he's a winner. We've talked about the battle versus John Ridgeway for a while now, and Vohana looked good out there. Uh, early in the game, he makes this big impact play. Back-to-back -back snaps, actually, he does that. Good stuff from Big Bo. And right now, I'm not even sure who's winning that battle, man, between him and Ridgeway. If one of them stays, I said last week that maybe I was leaning towards, towards Ridgeway. I will be honest, and I will say I don't know anymore. Uh, Quinton doing some good stuff out there on the playing field. Definitely a big winner from last night. And whew, my Yankees lost to the Red Sox. All right, it's okay. Not the end of the world. Rico Dowdle, so, uh, you guys mentioned Malik Davis in the comments. I think that Rico also a winner in this game. Showed off his vision and speed. Overall, I liked what we saw from the Cowboys running backs in the game versus the Broncos. So these are some of my other winners. Cowboys Brown says Fowler looked good too. Yeah, man, that Fowler made some plays. Now, Mike McCarthy did say that they benched him after the penalty towards the towards halftime. But I like what, what we saw from Fowler as well. And I actually was kind of concerned about Fowler just because, not, not concerned, I was just thinking about the fact that we hadn't heard much from him out of Oxnard. I don't know if you guys will agree with me, but I just feel like we have not heard a lot from him. Swain says Fowler has got a ship on his shoulder. Joey also shouting out down to Fowler here. So yeah, I, I also like Fowler. I agree with you guys in the, in the YouTube chat for sure. So those are some of my other winners. Uh, a little bit of a spoiler alert once more, but you know who else? I believe is a winner here. Noah Brown. Noah Brown did not play for the right reasons. He was not hurt. Noah Brown 
gets the rest and that maybe kind of suggests that he's locked in at number two, uh, like wide receiver number two behind CeeDee Lamb. I was very surprised that he didn't play, to be honest. Maybe it was because he was a little bit banged up. Maybe he was uh, something like that. But I will say that to me, Noah Brown is a winner from last night. I will say that Will Greer won without even playing a single snap because Cooper Rush struggled. And Will Greer didn't have to win to play to maybe shake things up at a quarterback. We've heard multiple reports about Will Greer making a legit push to be Dak Prescott's backup quarterback. And it does make a lot of sense. Since he got signed last year, plenty of us thought that Greer had a shot at the quarterback position, but he was new for the to the offense and Cooper Rush wasn't. Cooper Rush won that Minnesota Vikings game, which gives him a lot of points, I believe, even a year removed from it. But yeah, man, definitely. Uh, Will Greer a winner on, on, on last night's game. Toxic Tom says, Mo Big Isaac took ball off the field. He's a winner and he is the new Chaz Green. Uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing that the new Chaz Green is Josh Ball. Now, I will get to Isaac. I will get to Isaac for sure. But before we do that, let's get into some of the losers here. I, I kind of get a feeling that I know who will be the overwhelming answer on this one. But who was your biggest loser of game one for the Cowboys? Let me know in the comments. <laughs> I already know who's going to get the majority of answers. But let me know. Who was your biggest loser of game one? And if you haven't yet, do me a favor and hit the like button because every like puts this show in front of more Cowboys fans. So I appreciate it if you guys take one second and hit that thumbs up. It helps us a lot. Cooper Flush says Lunatic. Cooper Rush is uh, Russell Biggest Loser. But Gregory goes with Ball. King Element goes with Josh Ball. Gabriel, Josh Ball needs to be caught. Iceberg says Josh Ball. My God. Golly. Uh, uh, man, balls is Craig Tolbert. I, I will get into Tolbert actually in a few moments here as well. Ken Ken goes with Josh Ball. Tommy goes with Josh freaking Ball. Man, Josh Ball had a tough game, huh? He really did. He was out there allowing a sack to a backup edge roster for the Broncos. He was out there getting beat by inside moves. His movement looked completely wild. It was not tight at all for Josh Ball. He didn't look like a second-year player for the Cowboys. It looked maybe maybe that's what I would have expected from him last year, to be honest. And I know he was injured in 2021, but it was very disappointing to see Josh Ball perform the way that he did last night. At one point in the third quarter, and this is from ADC Sports, by the way, in case you want to check my article out later, go to adcsports.com slash Dallas. But Josh Ball was called for two holding penalties in the same drive. We're talking about third quarter preseason football here. And it's not like <clears throat> those were BS penalties like the ones we discussed on Tyler Smith. Josh Ball's performance was rough. Josh Ball's performance was mediocre enough and maybe me mediocre is, is short selling it so i will i will stick with poor maybe it was poor enough that we are convinced that as of right now 
The Cowboys have no swing tackle. They really don't. We don't know how serious Matt Willetsko's injury will be in terms of timetables, but they have said that, you know, surgery could be needed, could be required for Willetsko's injury. We don't know if the Cowboys are holding out hope there, though, that maybe they get to play him this season, and maybe that's why they're being, they have been conservative at swing tackle. But if, if Willetsko is not ready to go, it's time to sign somebody. It's time to get a veteran swing tackle in Dallas. And I believe that next week you need to shake things up at offensive tackle in the depth chart. You need to shake things up. And at the very least, at the very least, you need to give, you know, the one tackle not named Terrence Steele because Terrence Steele did a good job. I believe he had a good game last night too. Low-key winner, by the way. But there was another tackle that didn't suck. Josh Ball didn't play well. Avianta Collins didn't play well. Eamon Simon had five snaps. It was enough to get an idea. But there was this one guy, this huge Mexican guy that played pretty well, man. He had a good game. He ended the night with the highest pass blocking grade from Pro Football Focus. He had 18 snaps and allowed zero pressures. Now, granted, I know fourth quarter preseason football level of competition is a question mark and all of that. But do you guys agree or disagree with me when I say that Isaac earned more reps? You know, pair that with Josh Ball's performance, with Collins's performance, with Eamon Simon's performance. Do you agree or disagree that Isaac earned more reps? I know level of competition is a question mark, but that's exactly the point. Do you shake things up to get some answers? I love this from Toxic Tom. Man, Toxic Tom cannot be toxic against Isaac, not even him. He says, good tape is good tape. And this is a guy, this is somebody that has been working all year long as a guard. Up until recently, he's been getting looks at, at tackle. And this guy played tackle when he was in college. He was the finest tackle in Mexico. By far. I talked about two months ago to one of Mexico's top offensive linemen. His name is Diego Bedoya. He's a pro now. And he was talking to me about when Isaac went all in in football. He said, man, one year he was talented. He was, you know, getting better. 365 days later, when we were in, the, in a world championship game, this guy was leagues above the rest of us. And we're talking about Mexico's national team, which, which is out there winning world championships or finishing in second place. So we're talking about good players, even if they're not FBS caliber players. So Isaac has that versatility as well. Since he got to the Cowboys, he's been playing guard. Duke Manyweather confirmed on Twitter today that he's been working as a guard this offseason as well. So this is Isaac putting good tape at tackle, even though he hasn't prepared as that. This was a solid game. Uh, he looked good in a rich block, uh, getting to his man. So quality footwork. He wasn't fooled with his pin move by the Broncos. The, the 
maybe three bad plays that we got from Isaac were versus bull, the bull rush. He struggles versus the bull rush. This fits what we saw uh, last preseason as well. That that was the one area for improvement that I pointed out last year. He can get better uh, in the his anchor can get better. But that was a good game from Isaac. I you guys know that I love Alarcon and, and, and I was surprised by his performance last night. So let's see some of your comments. Everyone agrees, man. Joey agrees. Swain agrees. Craig agrees. Uh, Tommy, Jeremy, Chalk also with the agree comments. Gilbert. Uh, let's see. Who am I? Everyone saying agree, man. Miller saying agree over at Facebook. Michael Beer says, I love Mexican people. They work hard. Well, you know, Michael, as a Mexican people, I, I will have to agree there. <laughs> as a member of the Mexican people, I will agree there. <laughs> Viva Mexico, cabrones. Ahora, Isaac making me proud for real, says King Element. Yeah, man. Dude, it, it felt so good to see Cowboys Twitter really recognize what he did last night because for the past uh, couple of years, everyone in Mexico, and you know, you know that there's a lot of Mexican Cowboys fans, like a lot of them. Uh, Mexico is a country with the second highest football fans behind only the United States, obviously. And everyone has been following Isaac very closely since he got there in Mexico. And now, now he's in the, you know, he's in the picture. For everyone, Mexican fans or non-Mexican fans, we're talking about him climbing, climbing up the depth chart. Hopefully, we get to see that. Hopefully, we get to see him uh, <laughs> next next week. <laughs> I like the guys that that you know the people that that understood what I said uh, a few moments ago. Shout out to all of you, <laughs> to the people, right? Anyways. Yeah, man, I'm excited to genuinely be able to talk about Isaac potentially climbing up that depth chart. Now, difficult to know without being there, how the team feels, how the building feels about Isaac. So I asked Patrick No C. Walker today, uh, last night, I asked him, how do you think the, the, the building feels? Do you think Isaac can actually climb up the depth chart right now because maybe maybe he isn't seen as we like we would like him to be seen right on the team and patrick replied all caps yes so something to monitor there something to monitor there eliasar with the stat isaac allowed zero pressures in 18 pass snaps yeah man and and, and the few snaps that he was in my opinion, maybe close to giving up somewhat of a pressure, where versus bull rushes, uh, two snaps to be specific. And then in the last play of the game, they ran this stunt on Braylon Jones and Isaac, and they they got beat there. They got beat there, and that was the final play of the, the final offensive play of the game. Let's see if he can make the roster. Now, I've talked about this and I tweeted about this in case you guys uh, have not been able to check that Twitter thread out. Make sure you check it out on my Twitter account at NFL. But I also wanted to discuss it here on the show because many, many of you might not know this. I don't think this is a storyline that has been closely followed. But Isaac clearly makes an impact on his teammates. 
I interviewed him. I have interviewed him twice. One of those were, was last year. And he shared with me one of my favorite, favorite stories. Some of you who have watched Primetime for a while now know about this one. But he, he shared with me that Lyle Collins volunteered in his rookie year to pay for Isaac's first training sessions with Duke Manyweather. That's freaking awesome from Lyle Collins, first and foremost. But also, it does speak to you that Lyle Collins approached Isaac and offered to pay for some training sessions with the offensive line guru while he could have done it for multiple other Cowboys players. But Lyle Collins approached Isaac. I think that's meaningful. Definitely do think that's meaningful. I asked Duke Manyweather about, you know, working with Isaac last year, and his quote was, the NFL is filled with tremendous freaky athletes and ridiculous talent. No matter of his path and origin, Isaac is one of those freaks. One of those freaks that can't play in the NFL. And keep in mind, he is 24 years old, man. It's his third season with the Cowboys. Third season of NFL development. And yet he is still 24 years old. Also keep in mind that there's been a learning curve for Isaac as he's, you know, understanding pass pro schemes, which are not nearly as complex in Mexico. I asked him about, you know, whether they ran half man slides, whether they had, uh, you know, assignments to point out the mic to slide towards the weak, the weak side and all of that in college. And the truth is that they didn't do that. And, and that's maybe Mexico's most complex offense in Monterrey, the one they have there. So there's been a learning curve for Isaac. And now that, you know, he's getting it, he can be way more efficient in the playing field. Shout out to Carl Valero, by the way, who is an offensive analyst for the Dallas Cowboys. I don't remember the exact title, but he, he actually has thought, uh, thought, uh, Isaac, a lot of stuff in his way, in his fight for, for the 53-man roster spot. Now, important note, because this, this might have been something that's misunderstood here and there regarding Alarcon's roster, roster status. Isaac has a roster exemption right now in the preseason roster. So he can be one of the Cowboys... 91, man, uh, 91 members of the roster without con counting towards the roster limit, which is why they have 91 players. He can also not count towards the player limit in the practice squad. Not for the 53-man roster, though. Not for the 53-man roster. Uh, if he is to make it to the 53, they would have to remove the international player label for, from him. So we'll see. We'll see, man. I'm just crossing my fingers and hoping for the best. Uh, <laughs> toxic, man. I, I don't know if there's context there. <laughs> but I'm just out here laughing. Uh, oh, yeah, Tommy. It is very sad, man. There's some stuff going down here. Uh, multiple cities in Mexico. There's some, some cartel movement going on. Uh, it has a lot to do with, you know, government policy and stuff like that, war, war against the cartels and all of that. It, it's tough. Uh, Juarez got ugly. So if you guys are in the Juarez area, uh, I know that there are some uh, Mexican fans that watch this show. Hope that you guys are staying safe because definitely it is time to do so.
Anyways, and Locke says Isaac has his own spot because he's part of a special program. He does, but as I said, if he's to make it into the 53-man roster, that label has to be removed. He cannot be an international player in the 53-man roster. So that's important to keep in mind. Anyways, before we get out of here, uh, some other losers that we were talking about since we already talked about Josh Ball. Cooper Rush was definitely one. Nashawn Wright and Kelvin Joseph, to me, were losers in last night's game. And I will say that up to one point, Cavante Turpin as well. We saw very little as, you know, I thought that we were going to see more from Cavante Turpin. Let me see if I can find the snap counts really quick. I had them open, but I think that I closed that tab. But I thought that we were going to get to see Turpin not only as a special teams player, but also as a as a as an offensive weapon. That was not the case for for the USFL MVP. I'm opening the you know the snap counts real quick here. Be patient with me. But I was impressed as to how little he played. So Turpin had in total 16 plays at wide receiver which was good for 21%. Uh, only Jaquari Robertson had less offensive snaps at wide receiver than Turpin, who was tied with Drummond, who also had 16 plays. That's 21% snap count. You know, TJ Vasher, Brandon Smith, Dennis Houston, all of them, all of them got significantly more, more snaps. So I will say that somewhat of a loser there, Kevontae Turpin, not that much because of play, but because of the opportunities that they gave him. There were some, some players that I think I learned nothing about. I don't think that I learned anything about Jalen Tolbert. I don't think that I learned anything about Dennis Houston. And make no mistake about it, that's because of quarterback play. I know that Tolbert had a drop. He needs to catch that football. He said it afterwards. He, he said it post-game. I need to get that football. Uh, no excuses there. But there were a lot of plays in which Tolbert looked to be open and the throw was not there, man, from Cooper Rush. Dinucci didn't, Dinucci actually looked surprisingly decent. But yeah, we didn't get to see much from him, uh, unfortunately. We've got a bot in the YouTube chat blocked. Maybe some of the mods got uh, took care of that before I did, but yeah. And Eliasar says on the, on the plays that he had, Turpin, he wasn't given the adequate space to make plays. So yeah, that that was uh, some of one of the position groups that I feel like I learned nothing about. I didn't learn anything about the kickers. You know, Liram Hirulaku, Brett Maher, no one was able to do anything to change my opinion about the kicker situation. What, who else, man? Uh, didn't feel like I learned anything from from maybe I was going to say another wide receiver, but it's the same as what we have discussed about Jalen Tolbert. I don't feel like I learned much from from oh man, the, the, the I already mentioned the kickers, but I'm thinking about the penalties. The penalties. I, I don't think that that was something that gave us as 
big a lesson as many would say. I just think that it kind of sucked. It was frustrating, but I'm not going to panic about it. Moses Toxic Tom, are there any good tackles in the open market? There are some, but I would say that the Cowboys could be interesting in interested in trading for one. And we actually went through some of these tackles not that long ago. I'm trying to open up the spot rack database on those offensive tackles. None of them are going to be great, right? Which is why they're available at this point of the year. There are guys like Brian Bulaga out there who played right tackle. He's 33 years old now. Eric Fisher, of course, you're risking the, the injuries. Daryl Williams, I believe, already got signed, even though he shows up in this database. But Daryl Williams is the guy that I wanted, actually, on the Cowboys. Seems like he's available once more. Wasn't he going to get signed? I thought he was signed by, by the Jacksonville Jaguars, but maybe they released him afterwards because he does show up as a, as a free agent. Tynesek is out there available once more. Like I would literally feel way better about having Tynesek right now on the team than what I do about Josh Bolt. No upgrades though. No, no, no massive upgrades in free agency. I wonder if there are some that you could maybe target in the trade market. I wonder if the Cowboys can target, by the way, whichever kicker is released from the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Tampa Bay Bucks are out there undergoing a kicker competition. They've got Jose Borregales on one hand, and they have Ryan Suckup on the other. Give me whoever loses that kicker battle. Because that kicker battle is not the same kind of battle that we've got going on in Dallas. Those two are at least giving compelling arguments to their team. So we'll see if whoever whoever loses that battle is in consideration for the Cowboys. Craig says Maher will be fine. Will he though? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining the show. I appreciate it. Do me a favor, hit the like button because every like allows us to put this show in front of more Cowboys fans. I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. This was ADC Sports Primetime presented to you by Freeman Mazda. Go check out the M5 Miata Grand Touring on their website, freemanmazda.net. Check out the cool features on that sports car. I will see you tomorrow night. My name is Mauricio Rodriguez. Streaming with you live Sunday through Thursday night here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. Hit the like button, share the stream, and let's put this show in front of more Cowboys fans. I will see you tomorrow. Thank you very much. And once more, man, Viva Mexico. Let's go.